As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 313 of the UK True Crime Podcast. I'm Adam. Today I have my new microphone and recording set up, so hopefully the sound quality is much better than these last few weeks. Today's story involves gangs and knives. When we hear these stories on the news, and we hear them far too often, I think we often think how terrible this violence has happened again on our streets, but we never quite hear the full story of the person involved. Today, we will hear about the victim, 18-year-old Jason Isaacs, the attacker, and the widespread effect of the events on one perfectly normal Saturday evening in London. As always, a huge shout-out to journalist Chris Summers and his amazing Total Crime website for so much of the information in today's story. This week's podcast is sponsored by Typology. This is a company born from a mission, and that was to demystify skincare with simple, straight-talking transparency. They make naturally active, effective, and sustainable skincare in France. I love the fact that all formulations are at least 80% naturally derived, 100% vegan, and that all plastic and aluminium containers are 100% recycled, and 30% of the glass bottles are recycled too but I want to talk to you about the products themselves. Typology sent me some of their best sellers in the UK recently. These are their nine ingredient moisturizer, their Radiant Vitamin C Serum, Radiant Night Serum, and Eyelash and Brows Serum. And wow, I love all the products, all four. In particular, I love the moisturizer. There is none of that greasiness I sometimes see in moisturizers, and I have to be a bit careful as I have sensitive skin, but within days I saw a real difference. It feels great as well. Please make sure to support this podcast by checking out Typology for yourself. Go to uk.typology.com slash truecrime and you'll receive a free lip and cheek balm worth £16 when you make a purchase. That's uk.typology.com slash truecrime. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is so difficult sometimes, isn't it? I know at times in the last five years, when both my mum and my sister died, I was often lost and wondered about where the playbook was to cope with all that was happening around me. But as we all know, there's no user manual to help us. But therapists can help you make sense of what is happening to us at challenging times. They're trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. 
which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash truecrime. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash truecrime. Okay, so let's set some context for today's story with our guest, the month and year game. Top of the UK charts was Havana from Camila Cabello featuring Young Thug. Post Malone featuring 21 Savage with Rockstar was at number one in the US. And in Australia, the top album this week was Pink with Beautiful Trauma. In the news this month, UK Defence Secretary Michael Fallon resigned due to his behaviour towards women to be replaced by political titan Sir Gavin Williamson. The same month, another bullying minister, Priti Patel, resigned after secret meetings were revealed with Israeli officials. This month saw a gunman shoot 26 dead and injure 20 people at a church in Sunderland Springs, Texas. And in UK true crime news, a 16-year-old girl who admitted killing 7-year-old Katie Ruff in York was detained for life and ordered to serve a minimum of five years. So did you guess the month and year? It was November 2017. Northolt is a town in West London, in England, spread across both sides of the A40 trunk road. It's about 10 miles northwest of Charing Cross and is one of the seven major towns that make up the London borough of Ealing. When we joined the story, it was a cold winter Saturday night in November 2017. 18-year-old Jason Isaacs and four of his friends were in Northolt. After deciding to spend their Saturday night at a friend's house, which was pretty standard for them. Jason worked as a carpenter and he was a talented footballer, having previously impressed scouts at QPR. On this evening, they walked first to, if you know the area, to Oldfield Circus, where they brought some drinks, before heading along Orchard Close. A few minutes later, they passed a junction towards Girton Road, and this is where the nightmare began. A group of men on two mopeds with pillion passengers saw Jason and his friends and they raced towards them at some speed. They then began to chase them brandishing large knives, some on mopeds and some getting off and pursuing them on foot. It must have been terrifying for Jason and his friends as they literally ran for their lives knowing that their pursuers weren't messing around and inevitably Jason's group became separated and Jason was set upon. Once caught, a terrified Jason was stabbed repeatedly, and he suffered a number of stab wounds to his back, his arm and to his leg, with two weapons used, probably a sword and a machete. A home security system near where he was caught captured Jason's screams as he was attacked. And once a cowardly pack of attackers had fled back into the dark night, 
Jason bravely managed to stagger to a nearby home, where he collapsed in the garden, pleading for help as blood poured from wounds to his arms, his legs and his back. The emergency services were called to the chaotic scene and they worked desperately on Jason, performing a thoractomy at the scene, which is where they opened the chest to seek to recover his heartbeat. And at the hospital, emergency surgery was performed and Jason fought hard for his life, but the injuries he had sustained were so severe. And three days after the attack, on the Tuesday at about midnight, Jason Isaacs died at just 18 years old. It was one of the four stab wounds to his back that proved to be the fatal blow. And Jason had never regained consciousness following the attack, so his distraught family and friends were never able to say goodbye. Uh, Detectives immediately suspected the motivation for the attack was local gang violence. It would be easy for me to sit here and mock these seemingly ridiculous groups of people acting like they did in the playground, if it wasn't so deadly serious. In this part of West London, there was a really nasty rivalry between the Rainers Lane gang and a bunch of young people in North Holt, who are now known as the N Gang. It couldn't be said for sure whether Jason Isaacs was an N Gang member, but he had been caught up in two incidents of street violence in the months leading up to his death both as the victim and the alleged offender. More significantly, in November 2016, he travelled from his home in Northolt to Kings Road in Harrow, very much Rainer's Lane gang territory. When there, he took a selfie on Instagram in which he wrote, Lurk around a K, trying to leave man's head on the curb. It was said that the Rainer's Lane gang had seen this as provocation and detectives believed this is what led to the fatal attack. It's pathetic, isn't it? Detectives were able to look at CCTV, which showed almost exactly what had happened. It was like the scene from a movie, but this really did happen on just another winter Saturday night in North London. The footage showed two mopeds, each of which were carrying two people. The people on those mopeds arrived in the area at speed. They'd clearly been searching the area and the footage is able to trace them in part. Their faces were hidden behind helmets or balaclavas and although it was a dark night, there were parts of the street lit by lights so certain aspects of the men involved in the violence could be made out. None of these mopeds had a registration plate visible And all of this suggests that the gang of four had come out that night intent on violence and aiming to disguise their identities. But a year went by with no concrete leads. On the first anniversary of Jason's death, his mum made an emotional appeal. She said, Every minute of every day I cling to those magical memories of my amazing son Jason. He was talented, spotted as a teenager for QPR. Then the evil dark cloud of reality descended and Jason is no longer with us. A year ago, my wonderful Jason went out for a few beers, a typical Saturday night for any lad, an innocent decision that would cost Jason his life. Now I am living every mother's nightmare. As a mum, you always think it won't happen to my son. But now I am a statistic. 
There are no words to describe the pain our family is going through. I'm not going to remain silent, nor will we become a statistic. There are too many families suffering at the hands of others. The second you decide to carry a knife, there is a very strong possibility that you will ruin a family's life and your own. And now, I am at the first anniversary of Jason's murder. Boy, this is hard. On one hand, it seems like yesterday. Jason kissed me goodbye and I'm waiting for him to walk through the front door. But on the other, this has been the worst year imaginable and I know it won't get better as Jason's seat will be empty for every Christmas and birthday to come. Whilst we cannot bring Jason back, you can make a difference by helping the police. Then a breakthrough as detectives received information which allowed them to retrieve one of the mopeds suspected to be used by the gang and blood found on the moped identified 19-year-old Joel Amade as being the likely contributor on a one in a billion basis. Amade was originally from Harrow, close to the roots of the gang. He was living in Ilford in East London at the time. Detectives were able to track him when he's left his Ilford home at 4.45pm on the day of the attack and he used public transport to get to Northolt. CCTV showed he was carrying a black motorcycle helmet and just before he left, he made a call to the Rainers Road area. Then at 12.30am, around two hours after the attack, a mayday was again seen on CCTV cameras at Wembley Park Stadium in northwest London, wearing the same clothes as he'd been seen in earlier that day. When arrested in Ilford, a puffer jacket and hoodie were found, alongside the helmet, which also featured a distinctive V-shaped logo. This matched that of a moped pillion rider captured on nearby CCTV shortly before the attack. Detectors were confident they had their man. Amade was heavily entrenched in gang culture, something he referred to as a lifestyle he was living to the fullest at the time of the murder. He was known to police as he was on bail at the time of the murder for carrying a knife the previous month and had been moved out of the Harrow area to a care unit in East London. Police later found an image of Jason Isaacs downloaded onto his phone from social media, along with a video in which he rapped about his gang activity and seeing his victim's mum crying on TV. Despite the very clear evidence associating him with the murder, Amade maintained his innocence and claimed that he was nowhere near Northholt on the night of the murder. 19-year-old Amade faced trial and was convicted of murder at the Old Bailey. His co-defendant, Khalil Naila, aged 18, was cleared of any involvement. Neither of the other three killers have ever been arrested or charged. The judge jailed Amade for life of a minimum of 20 years, telling him, You know that this was a shocking and dreadful display of violence. You are still only in your late teens. However, you've had over a prolonged period been attracted by and engaged in an urban culture that embraces violence and criminality. What you did on that fateful night can't be put down to immaturity. Rather, as you have subsequently acknowledged, it was down to a lifestyle choice. You were mature enough and intelligent enough 
to know full well the risks involved in making that choice. It is apparent from your own lyrics that you appreciate how destructive to someone's life that choice can be. Jason's parents, Steve and Sharon, stood together in the witness box with a framed photograph of their son pointed towards the dock as they read moving personal impact statements. The judge said that they reflected the utter frustration felt by so many at the senseless waste of life that is accompanying the spread of knife crime across urban communities to the detriment of everyone. Mr Isaacs told the court that the birth of his beautiful blue-eyed boy was the best thing that ever happened to him, but adding that all he's been left with are photos and videos and his memory. To think that kids, young men, go around hurting each other and killing each other over a postcode is absolutely nuts, he said. The grieving father said postcodes are for posting letters, not for battling it out over petty grievances. This is real life, not call of duty. He urged a mayday to come to your senses and bring justice to the others involved in this attack and asked why he was still taking the rap for other gang members who would simply forget about him because he's no longer valued to them in prison. Was it worth it, he asked. Jason's mum spoke about her son's carpentry ambitions, talking about his dreams to become a set designer, and said a part of her also died on the day when Jason grew his wings. She told the man who murdered her son, what you did that night will forever be unforgivable. If there is any positive at all to take from this trial, and it's barely a flicker of positivity, it was that Amade told a probation officer that he would have gone straight back to a life of violence if released and said that this sentence may well have saved his life as he now seeks to move away from it. The judge said to him, This is a message that you, Joel Amade, need to spread to others who have yet to learn that lesson. But this is, of course, no consolation to Jason's family and friends. Let's look at what happened to the man acquitted of Jason's murder. 18-year-old Khalil Naila. 26 months later, he was back in court facing another gang-related murder charge. This time the murder of 38-year-old Leon Maxwell, again in North London. At the time of the trial, other gang members had already been convicted of murder. At his trial, Naila told of how he first got involved in crime despite coming from what is often described as a decent family, whatever that means. By the age of 15, he was working as a runner for a gang in nearby Rainers Lane, earning about £200 a week taking cannabis to customers. He then made that step up to become a dealer himself and would now earn up to £400 a week. But he said that soon after Jason had been murdered in late 2017, he had some problems with older members of the Rainier's Lane gang after a dispute about drugs. So he moved nearby to Wildstone and became a drug dealer there and also joined a new gang, the Grayset Gang. This group had issues with another local gang, the Queensbury Boys. And at one time, Naila had posted a video of himself and a friend driving around the Queensbury area 
which was thought to have been his way of trying to provoke the Queensbury boys to make an attack. He denied this, saying, My generation are always taking video and posting it on social media. I know it looks pointless. The court heard how at 9.02pm on the 1st of May 2018, Leon Maxwell, a 38-year-old with ties to the Queensbury boys, was shot dead outside Queensbury tube station. Once again, the killer had been a moped and a pillion passenger. We won't linger too much on Leon Maxwell, except to say he was known as Sykes or Too Swift on the streets, and he was a big unit. He was a 20-stone bodybuilder. In 2004, he'd been sent to prison for 12 years for murdering another man in an argument over just £75 worth of drugs. Detectives did not believe that Maxwell was the man the gang were looking for specifically. They believed that the Grayset gang simply wanted to kill any Queensbury Boys member to send out a message of their superiority. With the moped driver and pillion passenger already in prison after being convicted of murder, in 2021, Naila and two other gang members went on trial also accused of murder on the grounds of joint enterprise, although their roles were lesser and involved providing the stolen moped used in the crime and disposing of this along with the clothes and weapon that were believed to be used in the attack. At the end of trial, in June 2021, all three were acquitted of murdering Leon Maxwell. So Niela left the court a free man, and as far as I'm aware, he still is today. I think it's fair to say that not many people have been acquitted of two murder charges by the age of 20. I wonder if now he will see the light like his old pal Mayday and realise that being in a gang is anything but glamorous, but just means you have a good chance of being seriously injured, killed, or spending a significant period of your youth in prison. So what do you make of what we've heard today? It's hard to know what else there is to say about gang culture. That is, I think, for a different podcast. But there are some other aspects of gang culture we can talk about. How do Jason's family feel when they learn that his killer had described how he planned to murder someone in a rap track one year before the murder took place? His track, Dip, Stab, First, came out before he stabbed Jason in 2017 and included lyrics detailing the type of attack he wanted to carry out. They said, stab first, then talk. On flight mode, when we walk, chest back, we'll rip his face off, or I'll put holes in your back. And since his death, Jason's mum Sharon has commented about how upset she's been to hear other artists glamorise Jason's death in their tracks. She said, after they stabbed my son, one of them went home and wrote lyrics about what they'd done, which I find mad. You've just killed someone, and now you're sitting in a bedroom writing lyrics about what happened. It's sick, and it's sickening to hear. It's awful, and the music is awful. I don't know how anyone can listen to it. I turn it off if I ever hear it, because it makes me feel sick. It's hard not to agree. Where is the glamour in violent death? At one point in Niela's second trial, 
the prosecutor read out a list of names of his friends who'd already been murdered. There was Che Labastide Wellington, aged 17, also known as Grimes, who was killed in 2015. 19-year-old Hussein Ahmed, who had the street name Sparts, stabbed to death in November 2016. And Kwamari Barnes, also known as Q-Dots, he was just 15 when he was stabbed in January 2017. What would it take for these gang members to stop taking part in such violence? All round, as Jason Isaac's dad said, postcodes. About postcodes. They really are for letters, not about petty grievances. But today, let's finish with the thought that a talented footballer and carpenter, with a loving family and friends, lost his life at just 18, when he clearly had just so much to live for. Another truly pointless death. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the UK True Crime Podcast. To talk more about this story or any other aspect of UK True Crime, please join us at the Facebook group. There's almost 90,000 of us now who talk UK True Crime every day of the year, 24-7. Just search UK True Crime. And to support this show, please just head to patreon.com slash UK True Crime you'll find bonus episodes, other exclusive content for as little as under £1 a month and you can cancel at any time. That's patreon.com slash UKTrueCrime. Okay, that's all for me for another week. So until we speak again next week, please do take it easy. And you know what I'm going to say? Despite all the others, stay classy. Cheerio for now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.